Welcome to World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th in Gleason for another Oregon Music News Coffee Shop Conversation. I'm Tom D'Antoni. In the coffee shop with me today is Valerie Day, who with her husband John Smith are New Shoes. The Oregon Music Hall of Fame band whose tune I Can't Wait is still, after 30 years, one of those tunes that can easily get stuck in your head all day. And it does all over the world every single day. I'll ask her how she feels about being responsible for that. They have a new album called Bagtown coming out in May. There's more than one story behind that. Coffee shop conversations are always one-on-one, even this one. I told her that if Kate Power could do one-on-one without Steve Einhorn, she could do this one too. And she did. Let's meet Valerie Day. Welcome to the Coffee Room. Thank that's you. That's where we are. That's a uh, that's, uh, coffee shop talk. Coffee shop language. <laughs> I love being here. Yeah. I love this cup of coffee. It's really good. Good. Yeah, it's a great place. It is. Great place. We like it. Um, we have staff meetings in here, in fact. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good place. Um, well, thanks for coming. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. It. Thanks for asking me. You must be all excited about the new record. We are really excited about the new record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should be. Yeah. Two years <laughs> in the making, or you know, a lifetime, depending on how you look yeah. at it, right? <laughs> um. So what's it about? <laughs> what's it about? <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, no, actually, I'm going to go back a little further than that. About three years ago. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, John and I got asked to do. Uh-huh. Um, do some shows out in the world, uh, these arena shows with 12 other 80s artists. Uh-huh. Those kind of shows that we said we'd never do, but we kept getting asked. And yeah. our son was um, graduating from high school, mm-hmm. and so we were feeling like we were graduating yeah. as well. <laughs> and uh, we got one of those calls, and the, this, this agent said, you know, you're, you're going to have a blast doing this. Just give it a try. Yeah. Give it a try. And we were reticent because um, they want you to go out and just do your hits mm-hmm. and just do them to track because they don't have time oh. to do, they don't have time to do the switching around. Yeah. And it's like five minutes between, not even five minutes wow. between acts. So, so we were like, no, we don't want to do track, but all right, we'll give it a whirl. So we went out and we had the best time. These audiences. Well, because they love you. They are just, they're just a blast. Yeah. And um, this particular tour was a something called a freestyle tour. We didn't even really know what that was. I thought it was freestyle rap, but it turns out it's this music musical style that has Latin influences from the late 80s, early 90s, and most of it happened on the East Coast between Miami and New York. So um, we have a little bit of that percussion stuff in there, so we, we kind of we fit, but the, it's a huge Latino audience, a lot, of, a lot of people, and they bring everyone. They bring grandma, they yeah. bring their kids, they bring, and so it's this, incredible vibe. So we did that for a year and we were really having a great time, but you know, the the two and a half hit song set <laughs> started to feel a little short yeah. and we missed the band. We uh, missed the band a lot. So yeah. we thought, oh, let's put the band back together and let's get, you know, obviously everyone from Portland that had been mm-hmm. in the band yeah. before. And uh, so we started doing some shows. And who are they? Who, 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 who's from the old band? Well, let's see. I'll go back to the very first 
the, the, the one that, that was in the band. Yes. Way, way back. Yeah. Um, Gary Fontaine. Gary Fontaine. On bass. Reggie Houston's first bass player when he got the Tanah. Really? Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's wonderful. And um, what, all, these, all these people, by the way, are not just fabulous musicians. Mm -hmm. We love hanging out with them, too. So that's, that's a big part that's of really it. That's really that helps. Yeah, that helps a lot. <laughs> you do a lot of stuff together where there's a high stress level. And yeah. So if, if uh, I've worked with people I don't like. It's yeah. Not, not, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I could still do the work, but it's yeah. not that much fun. Life yeah. is too short. Yeah. No, you want to have fun if yeah. you can. And these people make it fun. So then there's Johnny Riley mm -hmm. on, on drums. Um, Tracy Harris and Margaret Lynn were mm -hmm. in the band around the same time when we made our third record for Atlantic in the late 80s, the mm -hmm. one that never came out. So they never mm -hmm. really got to do all the nation yeah. stuff. Um, Johnny and Gary were both on tour with us a little bit. Um, actually, Gary, the whole 1986 year, which was incredible. Yeah. Um, so Margaret Lynn, Tracy Harris, and then um, two horn players from the Nushu's Orchestra, which we did um, yeah. in the 2000s. And that, um, that's Paul Mazio on Mazio. and flugelhorn, and Tim Jensen on saxophone. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great it's a great one. Oh, and we have um, when when we have stages that are big enough, mm -hmm. we also have Haley Horsfall, Mike Horsfall's daughter, ah. who's a percussionist and vocalist, mm -hmm. and um, lovely to have with us. Yeah. So so yeah. So those are the those are the folks in the band. And after we've been playing with them for. About a year. Mm -hmm. I know we just woke up one day and we were talking over coffee or whatever, and and John and I were thinking, you know, here we have all these incredible musicians, a home studio that we can really play in and do anything, and um, so maybe we should make a record. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's quite a commitment. Yeah, it is. It is. Did you have, you, you had, did, did, did you write these songs for this record, or were they songs that you had around? Yes. Ah. So John went out in the studio mm -hmm. in October of 2014 and wrote a symphonic piece, and then went, wait a minute, <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> that's not really this band. <laughs> and then he started getting into some psychedelic stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and um, that wasn't quite it either. And so then he just stopped writing music and ended up making this art installation of sorts uh -huh. out of these paper bags, paper yeah. lunch bags that he'd been bringing into the studio from the little place down the road where he gets hamburgers. <laughs> so all these little brown paper bags are sitting around and he's an amazing artist, John. Mm -hmm. And he started drawing all these faces and made these hats for him. And pretty soon there was this whole city and the studio was completely filled <laughs> with these little bag people. And he started calling them, you know, bag town. And then it was like they needed party music. <laughs> and so, you know, he's, he, we kind of like the anthropomorphized things. So oh, who does? the bags, you know, they're sitting there saying, hey, we need some party music. And so he wrote the, he wrote the record for kind of with their influence, totally being influenced by their presence in the studio. The other thing, the other reason this record came about is we had dinner with um, Marvin Rindy Ross on uh -huh. the Court of one night. And they've been wonderful friends because we have had some experiences over the years that we've been able to 
talk to them about, you know, yeah. they're kind of the touchstone for us. Yeah, yeah. And um, they had just made a record. They made a record called, um, I don't know if you ever heard it. Um, I don't think I ever did. Uh, Goodbye Uncle Buzz. Huh. Now this was a, quite a few years ago. Hmm. It's one of, still one of my favorite records. No, Gulicon? I think so. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous songwriting and really beautiful to listen to. I had it in my car for about a year and um, I really liked it, but that wasn't, the, nobody really heard that record. And they were playing gigs, yeah. and um, I just, both John and I, when we were talking with them, Mark said something about, you know, we decided we need to make one more record and have it be a really fun record to play live. Uh -huh. Like out in yeah. summer festivals yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. So um, the last record that they made was all about that. And we kind of went, hey, that's a great manifesto. Let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's do the same thing. So that's the long story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's good. Um, so, uh, how how was it built? I mean, it, were the songs all written and then you started recording, or was, was there a song and you started recording? And another song came out of that. Another song came out of that. John's very much the the guy that goes into the cave and does uh, it all. Uh huh. You know, and then um, so he he did all the tracking. And he actually sang all the parts. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he doesn't want anybody to hear what he sounds like. So he had um, <laughs> Sean Holmes come yeah. in, yeah. and a uh, wonderful singer, and replace all his demo parts. Wow. And then uh, Tracy and, uh, and Margaret came in and sang all the backup stuff, and then I sang on top of that. But there, it was all layered in after he'd already done the demos. Huh. Yeah. Huh. It's kind of funky. It's kind of funky. It's very funky. Yeah. 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 That, that was really that was, that was pleasant. I was uh, you know I was happy to hear that. I mean, of course, it's 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 a perfect time for that because that's what's happening. Yeah. That exactly is exactly what's happening. And that's the music that actually preceded us that we grew right. up on and yeah. really influenced everything that we did. Right. You know, we wanted yeah. to be those those folk yeah. bands. Yeah. 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 Because you, you you the band started in. 79. 79, right. I mean, yeah. it was still in the middle of P-Funk and everything else. Yeah. I, don't even know, I don't even know if Al Green had thrown the bridge yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that, that's funny because that's the era That's the era I play on my radio show. Oh, really? I mean, I, I, I play more than that, but that's the, yeah. core, the core of it. That's the core of yeah. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, dance music, you know? Yeah. I mean, just... Yeah. Uh, Love to love to move. Always have, and that music always moves me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you're going to have. A, I'll, we'll have all the all the pertinent information on the page, but uh, uh, there, there's there's a CD release coming. Yep, there's a CD release um, party happening in Portland on mm -hmm. May 21st, Saturday night, and um, we're going to get in Star Theater. Nice. We're live video streaming the show for people who don't, you know, live in. In town, yeah, yeah. be in town on, on that, what? that evening. Um, there's a local company called Audio Globe mm -hmm. that works with the Star and Don uh -huh. and uh -huh. places yeah. like that. And um, they're gonna, they've got four cameras and they're, they're gonna shoot the whole That's thing. Awesome. I know, isn't it? That's awesome. Yeah, we've had a couple of shows there. We had a couple of, uh, when we first brought the magazine out. We had the, we had the, the watch party yeah, there. Yeah. We had the, uh, we, you were at one of those. Yes, and the yeah. Christmas one. The Christmas party, yeah. yeah. I just emceed the Willie West show down there, uh, the, the, the old, the old R&B guy from New Orleans uh, a couple weeks ago. Fun. Um, it starts great. 
Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So have you played any of these in public yet? No. Whoa. No. We're, we have we have a, we had a rehearsal last night. I was like, hmm, maybe we should have a few more of these. <laughs> um, they're really fun to play, and actually, we've been rehearsing. The girls and I have been rehearsing yeah. a lot. But um, yeah, our first gig is actually this weekend. We're doing a show for the Camas Boosters Club. They have, they're raising some money, and it's an auction thing. And that's uh, out in Camas. And so, yeah, we'll be launching the tunes. Wow. We'll be that's... seeing if they, they stay afloat. Oh, you know, geez. it always that's... feels like a big ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that nerve wracking? Pardon Is me? that nerve wracking? It is nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it after the, the songs have really kind of sunk in. Yeah. After a while, and there's no thinking involved. Right. Yeah. Right. You can just be there and do it. It's too bad you can't have a CD release like a year, a year later. You know, I was just thinking that would have been smart. Like, maybe we should have everything done now, play the whole summer, release it in the fall, but I think it's too late. But yeah, it's too late. Next time, if there's a next time. What do you mean, if? Well, you know, you never know. Well, and we, we never thought we'd be doing what we're doing now. Is that right? Yeah. No, John especially was... You know, the 80s were the 80s, and I don't want to wreck them by going back no. and, and doing it again or doing that music again because it was a special time with a certain group of people and, yeah, I and all that. I was, I was spinning at the Joe Bar last Saturday night. Uh-huh. And, and, you get around. Yeah. And um, <laughs> there was a woman sitting at the bar, right? Mm-hmm. And she said that uh, she wanted, she wanted me to, I, I forget what she wanted to hear, but she said, uh, I guess she wanted to hear Prince because I was playing something. Yeah. She said, that was my era. And she said that to like three different times. And finally, I turned to her and said, there's no such thing as, an, as your era. It's still your era. Right. You know? Right. That's a good said, way to look at it. And she said, but my kids say I'm so old and what I like. I said, well, why do you listen to them? <laughs> yeah, don't listen to them. <laughs> I like it. It's still your era. I mean, people, people just so, are so hung up about that. You yeah. know? I mean, look. The stuff that's really, really that I still love from when I was the dawn of rock and roll, because mm-hmm. you know, I was I was a kid, you know, uh, a little kid in 1957 when you know when Chuck Berry and Bill Richard and, mm-hmm. and, all, those, and all that stuff yeah, hit, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I still love that, but it's not the only thing I love. But that's but people get stuck. Yeah. Get, speaking of getting stuck, mm-hmm. you're aware, right, that. I can't wait to get stuck in people's head. Aren't you? <laughs> it's a terrible earworm and I apologize. No, no. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's, it, must be, it must be gratifying to have something that, that, that you created to have to be stuck in people's heads all over the world. Yeah, it's amazing. It's miraculous. <laughs> it's really miraculous. My, my theory is that um, the music that you really that it really influences you in those growing up years, you know, those teenage, yeah. young, adult oh, yeah. oh, years, yeah, yeah. Um, especially when it's all about mating, you know, yes. it's like yes. <laughs> you're Correct. growing out, you're trying to find, yeah. you're, you yeah. know, and all that. Um, it just it stays with you in a different way than other years of music. Yeah, oh, definitely. But the thing, the problem is, a lot, people a lot of people stop. stop. They stop. Yeah, they, they stop. stop, and they stop listening. Yes. And now there's so much music. I mean, I, yeah. I sort of wish, in a way, I'm glad, you know, there's no regrets, but I, I wish that that all of what's available to people now is available to us in the 70s 
70s and 80s because I didn't even know what my favorite bands looked like. Oh, right. You know, or right. if, if you couldn't, you know, if you were not allowed to stay up past 8 o'clock, right. <laughs> you know, when I was a little girl, sure. and and uh, you'd never see anybody um, ever play, you know, right. just hear it on, on my little transistor radio on right. Kissing in Portland underneath my pillow at night, you know, that was, and then when we, we were, we were doing some covers. Um, we wanted to play soulful, funk, you know, music, yeah. and there was just one show in Portland. Really? Um, JW Friday had a show on cable, <laughs> and we tape it, like we tape it on a I little cassette. I used to do that. Yeah, and then you know, find the songs that we thought would be fun to play, and so we were gigging like three to five nights a week yeah. at that point, and <laughs> four hours a night. So we were always looking for new material, or we'd go. John's from LA. Um, his teenage years anyway, and so we'd go down to LA and tape the radio down there, yeah. and then bring it back because we didn't have any money for yeah, understand. records. You understand. know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, back in the in the uh, I guess the late seventies, uh, there was um, there was an African music show on the radio. That, that, nobody, that you couldn't find anywhere. Right, nothing, that would right? be like from another planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy, the DJ, was African. And I still play on my radio show now and then one of those tunes that I, I heard way back then. That's I so cool. Them, you know? Yeah. Guy from Zaire. Zaire doesn't even exist anymore. I right. <laughs> the globe as it was back then yeah. has totally been altered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, you know I, I think people um, uh, I, I don't know that older people are taking advantage of what's around. I know I know that that, that uh, younger people although. They, 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 there's a millennial thing where they get stuck, but a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. really and the, yeah. one of the good things about this time period too, I think, is that the people who are listening, their musical palettes have expanded. Yeah. You know? and, and, uh, yes and no. <laughs> there's yeah. still people who get stuck, and plus yeah. there's a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of the indie the indie indie people they just don't want to buy that. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, I, and that's what it was one of the founding principles of organ music in those days. Everybody likes more than one kind of music. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So, uh, so there weren't really sessions that went down with this record. Um, there were sessions. The horn players came in and did yeah. sessions. Yeah. The vocalists yeah. came in and did sessions. Mm -hmm. I came in and did some percussion yeah. sessions. John did a lot of You were allowed to be there, weren't you? I, you know, I'm more out there when you perform? Yes. Yeah. 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 And we're still doing those shows. Really? With the uh, expose and Lisa Lisa and all those right. 80s, 80s acts. <laughs> it's, it's, Lisa it's Lisa, what was her head? Oh, she had a bunch okay. of them, and I'm not going to remember no, them right remember. now. It's okay. It doesn't, uh, matter. doesn't matter. Once I get those stuck in my head, <laughs> I mean, talk about earworms. <laughs> Uh, now that was, that was like was any early any early rap with it along, along yeah. the yeah like yeah uh, there's some some shows that have early rap uh, on like yeah. JJ Fat yeah. Supersonic 
Yeah. Run DMC. Yeah. yeah. We haven't played with them yet. Yeah. But we're going to do some shows with um, some of the more uh, new wave kind of bands uh -huh. like Fox Seagulls and uh -huh. um, uh -huh. Information Society, huh. uh, Debbie Gibson. Huh. Yeah. Because anyway. there was new wave and then there was no wave. Right. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> they just kept change. They change every day. I know. There's something that, that, that there was somebody names something new every day. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's not really that new. <laughs> it all cycles around, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, when when the when the band started, mm -hmm. you wanted to do what? You mean back in 1979? Yeah. yeah. Well, when the band started, it was just four people. Mm -hmm. um, it was, and they did uh, everything from Beatles covers to original really? sort of fusion rock. Really? Yeah. I mean, like Weather Report and um, John John McLaughlin, or, or yeah, well, both John and I are huge John McLaughlin fans, and that's why we actually our our song is um, Birds of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's our song. That's great. <laughs> when we met in 1970, That's amazing. when we met in 1975, he hitchhiked up from California and ended up at this communal household that I lived yeah. at. And uh, he was 19, I was 15. Yeah. And that was. That's an incredible tune. Yeah, and that's the music that we both yeah. love. So, yeah. so yeah, early new shoes had some of that as an huh. influence, and then John grew up um, in his high school years in the uh, LA area and mm -hmm. would always go by James Brown's latest 45, you know, he was practically releasing a single a week. Yes. And um, so he had, you know, that whole thing in his wheelhouse. And uh, and the band had a gig at a park and needed a name and they came up with a poster and they were off and running. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I, I just played for a friend of mine. Uh, you can have Watergate, give me the bucks and I'll be straight. Oh, I never heard that one. Actually, it was it was wow. it, it was never released under James Brown's name. It was on it was on a label that James Brown started, but he released it as the JBs. But it was just a James Brown record, just to get out of the, the, the ah, contract thing. Yeah, um, wow, that's uh, uh, and had you been was did this this performing did that come natural to you? Not at all. Oh no, no, yeah. my my. my um, my mom was an opera singer. Oh. And well, geez, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad was a wonderful singer too, actually. He had a barbershop quartet when he was in medical school called the Four Set Four. That's and great, a barbershop quartet. <laughs> four Set Four. And um, they were hilarious. Won, they won all kinds of uh, awards in Northwest. And then my parents sang together, you know, doing duets and stuff. So, do, you, do you still think, do you think they still have barbershop quartet yes, conventions? Oh, they do? Oh yeah, they do. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's such fun music to sing. I think I'm people sure. are going to be yeah, doing yeah. that forever. Yeah. Really <laughs> did, did you ever sing that stuff with no. your father? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. No. But you know, that was my parents' stuff. Yeah, yeah. I understand. But sweet out Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Quarterly and everything. Arranging-wise. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny and really good at the same time. At the time, same time, right. <laughs> yeah, because people can go, oh, that's kind of hokey. But when you listen to the good ones, yeah, yeah, especially, yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. 
They're, they're amazing. So I grew up in this incredible musical household, mm -hmm. and it was not about jazz. I mean, my, my mom, she said to me, you know, that she was worried about me when I started trying to learn how to play jazz piano at Mount Hood Community College uh -huh. in high school, actually. She was worried that I was going to get, you know, become a heroin addict. Because jazz had such a bad I know. rap. Yeah. And, uh, Justified. Yeah, <laughs> somewhat. But, and I was just, you know, so anyway, yeah, that's, that's kind of... I, I, I never thought I would become a singer because she was so amazing. Huh. And then I got really interested in Latin percussion because uh -huh. of a band called Felicidades that John was in uh -huh. right before Nushi started. Uh -huh. And uh, so I was learning to play gongas and mm -hmm. all the hand percussion stuff. And, and I started as a backup singer in Nushi was playing gongas. Huh. And I was petrified, terrible stage fright. Wow. Um, and just... Well, you never know it. Yeah, it's taken a long time to get yeah. <laughs> to get to where I feel more comfortable uh, about it. Mm. And the older I get, the, the easier it is in a, in a way because I I don't feel like you know in your twenties and your late teens you're you're just trying to prove yourself. Yeah. You know, and I just took everything so so seriously yeah. as a heart attack. You know. Oh boy. And a perfectionist, and so if I made a mistake, it was like, oh my god, uh. you know. So it took me out of that great performance space that you can get into when, mm -hmm. when you're really not thinking about yourself. Yeah. You're just in the music and you're focusing on the audience, which is right. now where I put my attention. And once I do that, it's like a conversation. Yeah. You know, thinking about yeah. what you're going to say next, you're just in it. Yeah. And that's, that's a great thing. How long did it take you to figure that out? Uh, lifetime. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the last decade I started getting. Well, you know, if you're not still figuring there. things out, you might as well die. Exactly. Exactly. There's <laughs> always something more to learn, right. especially right. in music. About everything. About everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like every piece of it. Wow. So, how did you and John meet? Well, he um, hitchhiked. It was February in LA, and he was bored, and uh -huh. he'd graduated from high school. He was 19, yeah. and he had a, an ex-girlfriend living in Olympia, Washington, and uh, he decided that he should go visit her. So, with three dollars in his pocket, <laughs> he and no coat, because it's LA, right? You know, you're going to go north, but you don't think in ahead to like weather being different. He starts hitchhiking and um, at Anderson's Pea Soup, do you know that place uh -huh. in uh, California? Uh -huh. It's on in Redding, or I can't remember where it is, but anyway, he meets the guys who are driving the Bachman Turner Overdrive pick, uh, equipment truck. <laughs> and they say, sure, we can take you to Olympia, but you have to go in the back. So he's in the back, in the hold, you know, <laughs> with all this gear and a box of graham crackers, which he doesn't eat to this day, and, you know, $3, yeah, and yeah. nowhere and uh, he goes all the way up 101 because he didn't oh, wow. check up five. He didn't check 101. Ends up in Olympia. Sorry, I'm making this too long. Oh, that's okay. But um, ends up in Olympia. The girlfriend, of course, says, "What are you doing here? Yeah, really? Why don't you go away now?" Oh, jeez. And so he left the next morning to head back to LA yeah. and met um, our friend Christopher Glicks, photographer extraordinaire who was waiting on the side of the highway because you can't hitchhike on the highway. Yeah. You have to be on an on-ramp. Right. 
and he had a thermos of, of coffee with a little whiskey in it. He said, hey, you want to share this with me? And ended up showing him pictures of this communal household where I was hanging out. And said, you know, why don't you come to Portland and hang out for a couple nights? And see, you know, see if you like it. We'll feed you, and uh -huh. blah blah blah. Yeah. And forty-one years later. Wow. So you were a hippie too? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I was the publisher of the under hippie paper in Baltimore. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Once a hippie, always a hippie. That's absolutely true. <laughs> Underneath there somewhere. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> Yeah. It's always the giggle. The giggle's always in there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, was he playing music at that time? Yeah, he was. He had a guitar. Okay. And you, you were you, you were were you playing piano at that time? Mm, no. You, no, I I quit taking piano. Well, no, no, that actually I was dancing. Really? Yeah. I for a while there I thought I was going to become a dancer. Huh. And then at about about that time I realized that maybe people wouldn't hire me to dance at their bar mitzvah when I got older, but they might <laughs> hire me to play in the band at the bar mitzvah, you know. So but my practical the, side. You have to do the chicken dance. Yeah. <laughs> so my uh, practical uh, side uh, won out and uh, got. Um, decided to go to, to music school with John, mm -hmm. actually. So we went to one semester of community college, out at Manning Community College, and actually learned a lot. But the bus left at 7.30 in the morning for an 8.30 class, you know, our, our, with Larry Zagantz, our theory teacher. And sometimes we were so tired that we yeah. like would be on the bus and miss that stop <laughs> up in Portland and <laughs> oh shoot, oh, well. <laughs> we missed class oh. today. Yeah, get the hang out in Portland. And then I went to Cornish Institute of Allied Arts for a year. Where's I that? went to Portland State too, in Seattle. Ah. So I went to a couple of years of, of college. And, yeah. But John's always been self-taught. Um, he <laughs> just reads books, <laughs> does it. Yeah. Um, uh, are, are we going to be able to, to preview the track? Yes, and actually, just today, I got the finished um, video for our first single off the record. It's called Real Thing. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a cool story, too. Go ahead. You want to hear it? Yeah. Um, so John's an artist as well as a musician, and uh, a bunch of years ago, he took a phone book and started pasting um, different images that we found in magazines, mm -hmm. taping actually, mm -hmm. and making these incredible collages. And and not knowing exactly what he was going to do with this, he called it the, the um, image graveyard or <laughs> morgue. He was going to use these images for other things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that phone book was filled and it's been sitting around for years. And then um, we were talking about how we were going to make a video for this this, this uh, song, this real thing song. Mm -hmm. uh, well, how about we just cut out a bunch of lyrics, mm -hmm. you know, letters and magazines for lyrics, and, and I'll piece those on little cards and I'll take photos with my iPhone, little movies of the things moving, mm -hmm. um, and then edit it in iMovie, because I've been having a blast doing that kind of stuff lately. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, so we did. And then about um, 30 seconds into the editing, I went, oh my God, what have I done? This is incredibly a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have time right now because we have a record release. I have to learn the songs. Yeah, that, yeah. That's probably where I should put my attention. <laughs> so John said, hey, um, let's ask Larry Johnson. He's a wonderful filmmaker that John's done music for before mm -hmm. to do the editing. So Larry saved the day, and just today I got the final, and right. I just put it up in YouTube before I came here. Well, it'll be right here on the screen. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Great. Awesome. So it it turned out really great, and thank God for Larry because that was that was going to be like a two week, five hour night yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I looked at it this morning. It's really nice. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a nice song too. I love it too. Uh -huh. The more I sing it, the more I, the more I like it. That's good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. That is good. Because yeah. I always think about that when um, when I'm singing, I can't wait yeah. as well. Because what if it was one of the, what if our big biggest hit was one of those real tearjerker songs, <laughs> you know, or like just bashing somebody for leaving you kind of song or whatever, you know? I, I'm so grateful that I get to sing. <laughs> An uplifting tune huh? over and over. <laughs> you know, I asked Les McCann one time. I said, Don't you ever get tired of singing compared to what? He said, if they wanted to hear it, I'd sing it twice during the set. Right and on. Come back the next set. Sing what a great again. attitude. Yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome attitude. Yeah. Of course, then he said, But well, we're a jazz band. We do it different every time. I'm thinking, <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Maybe once every 10 times you do yeah. something different. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, do you ever get, like, since you've done it so many times, do you ever get lost in it sometimes? And, you know what I mean? For, and, like, and your mind goes somewhere else? Does ever happen to you? Mm, no, because we don't perform, I mean, in the old days we were performing, you know, like I said, three days a yeah, week yeah. to five days a week, sometimes seven. In 86 we were on the road and... I think we played 300 shows in a year that year. That's great. And um, wow. when when I'm on stage, I really even in those days when I was more worried about being perfect, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I still the audience was a, a big piece of it. Yeah. So I, if I'm focusing on them, but there were club days where you know it was Thursday night at yeah. Utilized in yeah. downtown Portland, and there's ten drunks in the place, and they're slobbering awesome. you know in the front row, and you're just like, huh, I wonder what's okay. up. I, I should have put that milk. I was reading, I was doing a reading a few months ago, uh, and um, it, it was, I was trying out some jokes I had from, from a, a book I, I had a while back, and the jokes were really old, but there was, I, I, so I was just trying them out to see if they still were any of so I get up there and I start reading. And it was a really, it was a, it's a gross out book. It's just, because I used to be a supermarket tabloid writer. And so I'm, I'm, I'm reading it and I'm getting big laughs. I'm like, ah, oh. so two things are happening. First of all, I'm getting big laughs and I'm hearing the big laughs. Uh -huh. That's really good. Uh -huh. And then the back of my and then the other, the other part of mine is going, God, I forgot how fucked up this was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that kind of stuff does happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny how how the mind works. Yeah, you know, be three places at once. You know, completely like yeah. Yeah. So even now, you're right. There are things where like John's guitar is missing a book on the other side of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm doing my thing and going, huh, I wonder if he's going to get that together in a second here. Or, you know, like, yeah. did somebody step on the cord and now it's not plugged in? Or, yeah. Well, what happened to the album that never got released? Do you still have that? The, yes, we do, actually. And we took a bunch of the songs from that time period because we wrote and recorded demos for Atlantic for four years. Jeez. And so we had a lot of material. Yeah. And um, in 19... No, not 19... The next century. Uh, in 2012, we released um, uh, a record called Kung Pao Kitchen, and it has um, some of those demos that were on there, mm -hmm. and we remixed and remastered and yeah. sang some stuff and played some stuff over them and tried to keep true to the era. It's a much more 80s sounding record uh -huh. than mm -hmm. um, Bagtown is, yeah. um, but uh, but it was, these songs had never seen the light of day. Wow. And there was some great work that was done on them. And so it just felt like, oh, yeah. let's, let's, let's yeah. just put it out there. Yeah, this album doesn't sound like an era, necessarily. Good. Yeah. Good. I think that's good anyway. Probably. I, you know? Who knows? I think it did. Because um, I, I, I don't know about expectations, you know? I mean, it seems like right. people are really, um, that have been, contacting us through our Pledge Music Drive, which we're doing a, a pre-sale of the CD, so mm -hmm. people can um, kind of go with us on the final couple, you know, few weeks of this journey and, mm -hmm. and go behind the scenes a little bit. Um, and uh, people there are really excited about the music that they've heard so far, mm -hmm. and that's awesome. Because, you know, I, I think some people are, like you said, stuck in certain eras, yeah. and if it doesn't sound like what they're really used to, then um, they might be disappointed. But but these are such fun songs yeah. that I think maybe maybe it doesn't matter. Who's your drummer? Johnny Riley. That's a funky drummer. He's a very funky drummer. And you know what he did? He came in and he decided that, this is Johnny, he had worked on the tunes really hard before in the session. Mm -hmm. He decided he was going to come in and do it all in one day. Wow. And he did. Wow. Without a break. Jeez. Not one. He just sat there and mowed it down. It That's was amazing. amazing. Jeez. I know. <laughs> it doesn't happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. No. Wow. Yeah, he's great. Huh. Jeez. Um, so, uh, you, you, you guys must be, I mean, really, you guys must be excited about this. We are. You know? Yeah. It's been a long, it's been a been long, long time. time coming. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years since we released uh, an album of original music. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Jeez. We've done some projects meanwhile, yeah. but not other music, you know, big band records and well, it's about time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it feels just right. It just, yeah. it's kind of a, it's one of the best times that both John and I agree. This is like the, uh, one of the best time periods in our lives because there's just all these things lining up in this way that, uh -huh. um, that we don't feel like we've had to, well, obviously we've worked, worked on this stuff, but we, we haven't had to push it in, in this way that we maybe would have 10 years ago. Huh. And, um, it just feels like it's kind of naturally unfolding, and we're better maybe at having fun doing it rather mm -hmm. than you know being worried about the outcome. 
because that's one of one of the biggest things that happens is that you get really married to how this thing is going to be received Absolutely. And, and the end product and all that and if you're not interested in the process wow. of doing it of actually doing it then yeah. we shouldn't be doing it in the first place so we yeah. just keep trying to go our true north is is this fun yeah are we still having fun yeah yes we are and you know you, you have to please yourself first yep i mean that's not that's not what that's not how things go in the world generally no. especially in, in in the music industry yeah i don't think there, I don't, there's not a lot of people who just try who try to please themselves but you do have to do that i mean i i, I believe that well otherwise then the record comes out and you're and you're pushing this thing you don't really feel connected to right you know and i think you have to have some kind of connection to yeah. the, deep connection to the music because yeah. That that's the thing that motiv can motivate you mm -hmm. through all the business part of it. Oh yeah. The other thing that actually motivated us with this record is that our son did the artwork. Wow. Our son Malcolm is a really talented artist, like his dad. How old is he? He's going to be 21 in May. Whoa. Two days after our CD release, poor guy. Jeez. So. <laughs> 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 but he's a super talented artist, and um, so when I took a bunch of pictures of the bags. Mm -hmm. And then Malcolm created a world for them to live in. <laughs> and there's some great um, great artwork um, that he did for each song, too. He created an image for each yeah. song. and It's just, he's fun to work with. Is so he musical? He's, he's very musical, but he's, you know, that's mom and dad's thing, so that's not, <laughs> that's not what he's doing. He has to do art every day, or he's, yeah. Yeah, it's his passion, so. Great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sounds great, yeah, man. Well, you know, congratulations and Thank you. best of luck and lots of airplay. And I, I heard a couple of tunes I can play on my show. Oh, excellent! <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. That's, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for inviting me here. And yes, and, and thank you for coming without John. Because it's it's I know it's it's unusual. Every time I've ever seen interviews, it's been with the two of you. Right. And I mean, I, as I as I told you before, I, I actually got Kate Power to come over without Steve. That's pretty amazing. I should ask. Because you know, I mean, it, it's obvious. I mean, you you finish each other's sentences, right? Right. Yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> and we hold different. Uh, pieces of memory, you know. It's like yes. I was telling you earlier, he's the guy that we call Mr. Jeopardy because he remembers all the dates and places and <laughs> names of things usually, and I know what day it is and what's going to happen next and, and planning for the future. So he's Mr. Historian, and it works out. It just really we're lucky. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.